Good morning, everybody. This is the Community Podcast number forty-three, and uh, we've got some uh, we've got some good news today. Uh, we've got a little bit of news to talk about. So, welcome, Last Known Meal. Hello, hello, welcome. I'm I'm so and, glad to be here. I wasn't I wasn't uh, on the podcast last Sunday. Just for everyone uh, wondering, I was a little bit sick but now i'm good and uh, i'm ready to talk about cyberpunk a bit more you you weren't sick with the virus oh thank god no <laughs> okay good he was drinking corona he didn't have the virus yeah yeah <laughs> uh, we we encourage everybody to crack back a corona have a nice beer you know if, if that's your favorite brand you know whatever uh last no uh sorry Neon <laughs> arcade how are you doing today i'm good i'm good and uh, Mad Queen, Mad Queen is uh, is not here at the moment. So sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. Uh, no, I was I was I was done. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't know where Mad Queen is. She she's a no show. We're hoping that it's also not the virus because yeah, there's uh, it's it's uh, you know, whenever this stuff happens, you know, you're always like you know, kind of roll your eyes, um, and you're like, you know, again. Right. Mm. And then, and then you just carry on. Um, that's always a good advice. However, there's a couple other things that are also good advices because there's, there's been people like, you know, uh, some people freak out, some people don't freak out enough. Um, do you have batteries for, you know, um, a light, some water to last you a couple of days and a couple of like cans of soup or something? Do, do you have like a little, if you're in a cold climate, do you have like something that can keep you warm for, for a day? These are common things that you should have in case your power goes out. I mean, like seriously, in case your power or gas gets cut out for like a little while, that's stuff that you should have. So everybody should be like a little bit prepared, but other, you know, you don't, you don't have to like, you don't have to go all like prepper status. You don't need, yeah. you don't need a doomsday. Get a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good no, I mean, that. I think I think any kind of like bunker is good as long as it can withstand a nuclear blast. So you know that's that's always a good thing, um, because who doesn't want to uh, you know live through Armageddon and then come out and you know Fallout style and deal and with that? that. Yeah, <laughs> basically, right? You get all prepped up with batteries and everything, just go and then you just melt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like gamma radiation still a thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a slight problem. But no, I, I'm I'm hoping everybody's uh, doing okay because uh, uh, it, it's rough. You know, when somebody says, "Oh, there's a new flu strain and it, it's got a mortality rate of like two percent," like that's a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not very many people when you're looking at like a hundred people, but if you're looking at a million people, that's a lot of people. That's a lot mm. of people. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, it's always good to just take general precautions, just take general precautions, you know, <laughs> um, in the wintertime, wear gloves and, and, and don't wipe your face. Like that, that's the two biggest things. It's like wear gloves and don't wipe your face. And then <laughs> wash your damn hands. Like a, yeah. Wash your, wash your damn hands every yeah. once in a while. Like, geez, people. But like, don't you, if don't you, you co- I'm sorry, sorry finish the the best thing the best piece of advice is vampire cough so like cough into your elbow or your your armpit mm-hmm. like that that's just that's just courteous to everybody that you're around it's like cough directly into your armpit wait how do then you your cough germs into your aren't armpit? going anywhere <laughs> <Why am> I... <laughs> <For that. laughs> 
If you're wearing a, like a if you're wearing a fluffy coat, then you just kind of like dip your head in and cough into. The best uh, thing is cough into you, your elbow, you. right? But I'm thinking literally no, your just, head inside your armpit. A little bit too literal. Um, yeah, I went to an I went to a, an anime convention once, and um, this girl sat beside me. She had a couple friends to her right. She coughed, and then she turned left because she didn't want to cough on her friends. Coughed directly into my cheek. Oh God! Directly <laughs> into my cheek. Didn't say a dang thing, and I was like, "That, that you are." Ter-. And of course, I got. I, of course, I got the flu. Right. So it's like, it's like that. <clears throat> why would like God? Ugh, armpit people. Armpit. You know. Jeez. Anyways. Um. Enough world events and, and random stuff. Today we have uh we're gonna be talking about some the the so Corey Barlog, um he's a developer from God of War. Uh he kind of addressed some of these like rumors that had been flying around uh since last week. Uh we're also gonna talk about the response from CDPR uh that they mm. put out about it too. And then we're also gonna talk about the um I don't know. Do we want to talk about this? Like, like we can we can do some speculation because somebody's made some speculation about one of the the pictures of of the dude watching the 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 giant wall TV. Oh yeah. So yeah, that yeah. might be that might be fun to to not because it's anything new, but just to kind of look at it, take us take another look at it and speculate a little bit on it because <laughs> it's it's fun. Um, and then there's the uh, I forgot the name of the company already who's coming in to do some some. Help work with CDPR. Klock, QLOC yeah. or Qlock? Yeah. yeah, I think you. I think you pronounce Q-Lock, it with yeah. the, the with the like you say the letters, not not how it's pronounced. Hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it is. But uh, yeah, there. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. So uh, let's start with the, um, Corey statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rumors are going around. There's a lot of like, you know, people talking about it. And Corey makes a post that says, "I can't, I can't, I can't say I speak for the industry. So, fellow devs, chime in to disagree or correct if you feel your experience is different. But I feel that this is true for most games. Games are very ugly for a long time until they are not. And this is all capitalized in <laughs> when, when he says this. And this is absolutely right. Like, yeah. there's, I mean." There's there's no game. It's like it's like watching like like a, a movie concept where you remove all of the special effects and mm-hmm. you you've got a guy talking to a green ball. <laughs> and and you're like, yeah, that's gonna be the Hulk. <laughs> and you have to use your imagination and you have to listen very carefully to the director as he's explaining to you um, what they're going to do with the scene, the technology that they're using with the scene. At most, you have like a, a uh, like a preview image, mm-hmm. which is basically just a really bad green screen effect of like a a like kind of like a summation of what they want, and then mm. that's it. Yeah. And so there, there's really like in the early days of of game creation, it's like you have to have a vision for seeing things way ahead. And this is where I think, I think this is where we have had a lot of like devs come in to the industry that are not devs. They're just like financial guys and they don't see the vision. Mm 
and they can't see the vision and they demand stuff and they, they make projects either terrible or just fall apart. And I think this is, this is really, really common. So I'm glad Corey spoke up on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he kind of knows what he's talking about. Yeah, just a yeah. little bit, right? Have you guys, have you guys seen the uh, Raising Kratos documentary? I just watched that uh, last weekend. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of gives you some insight. I'm, I'm sure, uh, obviously, other video game, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what's it called, documentaries give you some insight about it. But just watching that and then, like, them coming to the deadline and then him saying they have, like, 3,000 3, bugs that they, they have to squash and they're supposed to be at mm -hmm. zero and like delaying the game, but it's still coming mm -hmm. out and like winning game of the year and stuff like that. It's not a bad thing. If these things happen, it's actually probably a pretty good thing. That means they're mm -hmm. that much more dedicated to the quality assurance process, right? Yeah. This is a really interesting and, process to, to see. And he kind of, he kind of, like everybody quoted that one, but I'm going to quote some of the other text uh, tweets that he sent out here. So mm -hmm. he says, this is absolutely uh, blanking, bananas level of complexity and moving pieces required to make any game today and this is also again like hammer on the nail on this one because this is this is exactly what you know what what some of us are are you know very aware of in the in the industry is that that very often you don't get a full like feel of the of the game until you're well into beta like your alpha is there's there's so many more moving pieces and then by the time you get everything into the game and it's all set that's when you're finally getting like an actual view of what you've got yeah and and how it's all coming together and the bigger the game the more moving pieces you have to track and the more things you have to be aware of and the more like like paying attention to um you know what's going on mm -hmm. um you know, been writing, uh, I've mentioned before a number of times, I, I do a lot of writing. I've done a lot of writing for video games in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, but in this most recent case, and we've done this, I've, I've had to do this before where it's like, here's a spreadsheet or here's a, a, a book that's sum up in the rules. You know, you, you've heard this term before of the fallout Bible, which is a, a Bible that they, that the original devs of fallout one and two had put together for the sole purpose of making sure that their their development on Fallout 2 and Fallout 3 at, at the time that was can that ended up getting canceled um to make sure that the lore was the same and coherent mm -hmm. that they weren't stepping on anything in particular um Star Trek at the height of Star Trek you had this a lot too they had um the the techno babble that they had there was actually multiple people who got behind that scientists who got behind that and created that, that techno babble using stuff that they, I mean, they, these weren't, these weren't like, they didn't have like high end people in it. They had a, like some low paid guys who kind of sat around and like spitballed stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But they, they put it together so that one week, if you said, you know, we need to remove the magnetic coupling, mm -hmm. you know, in order for the, the transducic inducers to be able to transfer the neurons <laughs> correctly. If, if the next week that you, you know, you said that the neurons can't go through a magnetic coupler, it's like, what, 
you just said that in the last week that yeah, you yeah, had yeah, to yeah. do that, right? Like, so <laughs> yeah. there, there's these rules that you want to avoid. Yeah. And like me and my editor have created a, a, um, a, uh, spreadsheet for all of the characters and all of the terms and all of the stuff that we're using in the mm-hmm. book. So that, that way I don't, you know, I don't call, you know, character number, you know, 12, Mm-hmm. That they have like blonde hair when I've said before that they have brown hair or, or you know, it's just small little things like that. Mm-hmm. Now imagine doing that for a game that you have like 800 people working on. But you know what's crazy about that is they don't really have to do that so much because the source material is already has that um, mm-hmm. internal consistency there, right? Yeah, so they, they, which is, which like is one is already, step up, yeah. Yeah, he's already like talked to – even when he was doing Cyberware back in the day, I remember reading this article – about him actually going to neuro, uh, neuroscientists and talking to them first to make sure it mm-hmm. made sense. And everything is in the source material. If you go back and read it, it makes sense. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's an extrapolation of the future, right? But mm-hmm. in a in a very real way that he's, I mean, it's obviously well-researched, so. Mm. Yeah, it's, but it's not, I'm not referring necessarily to too much of the lore, although that's a big part of it. But the, the <clears throat> when they're putting these games into the pipeline, it's like you, you have to be monitoring all of the different uh, channels all at the same time. Mm, okay, and, that's what you're saying. And yeah, so I, in this case, I'm more talking about like the production pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to know if, you, if you're one of the leads, you have to know what – you have to have a general sense of what the other leads in the other sections of the company are doing. And you have to be kind of aware of like, like – what's a good example? Um Item slots. This is a good example. So in an item slot system, uh, you have an NPC, you have your character, right? And you're equipping armor and items. Each of those things has to be logged under a certain thing. So your weapon is going to go into slot 1A. Your um, sidearm or your secondary weapon is going to be stored in slot 2A. Even though you're not equipping it, it has to, like... It, the information on that, that mm-hmm. item has to be held somewhere. Now, some games, um, to reduce bloat, they keep with a minimum number of slots to the character as possible. This is why we've actually moved away from full-body looting. You know, in in, in Fallout, you, you walk up to a person and you can have everything that they're wearing and all of their inventory items. Mm-hmm. And you take all of those things from them. In a lot of games, you don't have that. I mean, in most FPSs, you don't have that at all. In in even games like, you know, Fortnite and stuff like that, you just drop everything that you're holding, you know, all at once, which isn't most of the time, which isn't very much, right? You know, mm-hmm. very limited slots. You're working with, like, less than 10 in in most cases of, like, the game being somewhat complex. But in, in games like shooters, you're literally working with, like, five items, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... When you're when you're the team working on weapons, and the team working on armors, they have to make sure that they're not stepping over each other's toes on that. They they need to make sure that they don't upload a patch where somebody's accidentally stuck. You know, uh, um, the glasses that are you know glasses you can equip to your head accidentally end up sticking it where the ammo slot is supposed to go, and then suddenly you don't have ammo for any of your weapons. Right? Mm-hmm. These are these are game breaking bugs that have crushed small games into oblivion that have never gotten out. <laughs> and I remember a shooter that we were testing once, I think it was at one of the GDCs, where their GDC build, they rushed it out at the last minute, and 
that was the case, where something had gone wrong in their latest patch and you couldn't fire your weapon. And all they had was a game on the on the GDC floor where you spawned in and you immediately died because you oh, didn't God. like you couldn't defend yourself. Oh god. And and the monsters were just coming in and it was just, it was an utter failure because the the first failure was is that they didn't test the patch before they headed out, right? They they uploaded the latest patch. They got this is way back in the day where I mean internet was really rough. Mm-hmm. This was a long time ago. Like geez, this was back when um uh video games were outside of of uh, not of the GDC but actually it might have been the CES I, I can't remember for sure but it was one of these events where it was like it was way back early in the days anyways the 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 first mistake they sent out a rough patch that they didn't test second mm-hmm. mistake the guy at the booth f- f- like lost it oh. like he 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 didn't lose it in the sense of like like he just started to panic and then he just started to like not be very coherent when he was trying to like describe the game. So he 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 was like not able to get people on board to invest or to help or to like come work at the company, whichever it was at the time. And he ended up just dropping the ball because it just it just didn't work. And then the game ended up folding a couple months later. Um, I can't even remember the title. And Damn. That's where, again, where it's like that one thing, that one thing that if you were the team lead at the time, now back then it was really small studios, but still it's like, it's like that one thing probably crushed, crushed that game. And we have an IP that nobody's ever heard of because of that. Yeah. So this is, these are the kinds of mistakes and kinds of things that, you know, CDPR and all, you know, every other game development company has to worry about. And the more complex the system Meaning, the more loot is going to drop, the more customization you have for your character, the more uh, choices there are in dialogue or story or going to events or activating certain triggers, the more it's easier to end up messing up with things. You know, anybody can make a a generic shooter. It's really easy. It's really hard to make an RPG. Like, it's really hard to make an RPG. And the more complex the RPG, mm-hmm. the worse it gets. And, um, and and what I noticed with now that Cyberpunk has been delayed, and I never saw that, people, like people's, like some people's disappointment was, holy crap. And then all of these speculations started why Cyberpunk was delayed. Is it because of Xbox? Is it because of PlayStation? Is it because of this, that? It's it's like the game isn't development. Like it's not running well. Yeah, that's why they needed more time to work on it. That's the the point of the delay to actually fix that. Mm-hmm. Like some people are acting what I've seen online with Reddit threads and everything. It's almost like they gave us the game and it's bad. <laughs> it's like okay, they they told us okay, the game needs more time in the oven. Yes, there could be problems with a console, but every game goes through that. It's it's like yeah. almost people just wanted to focus on cyberpunk's development and say oh it's not going well come on every development is stressful i'm sure a lot of Mm -hmm. these people are the same people that rip on fallout 76 or games like that had that have game breaking bugs at at launch Mm -hmm. too so it's like it's almost like there's like no winning with them and i I can bet and i can bet if the game came out and it wasn't you know well optimized it was buggy those same people would complain why didn't you you know develop it for longer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. same stuff yeah and and 
I mean, that's the really that's the really tricky part of this whole thing is that there's always different levels to it. And Corey, like, I'm it's really cool to to have him come out and talk mm-hmm. about this. There's if you go through his um his post, there's actually a, there's a bunch of other devs that like pop in and talk about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some really funny like um some people drop some memes in there and whatnot. It, I I highly encourage you to like check out this particular um post because it's hundred it's 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 dead on uh because Corey speaks to a lot of this stuff he he talks about how you know every game runs badly on hardware hardware until you optimize it and you know mm-hmm. where we get that optimization is in the last two to three months yeah so when you make an announcement six months away you're making a gamble that you're going to be on track and that the bugs are not going to be um that the bugs are going to be st- like standard bugs and that you're going to have the the mm-hmm. normal time to deal with them if mm-hmm. you end up getting more and you end up getting some large things and we've we've heard the rumors you know we've been talking with the company there's there's one or two major things that they felt were just not going to result in a in a good experience period yeah. and those one or two major things are are only small parts of the whole decision to to you know push it back because every department says look we we could really use an extra little bit here and a little bit there um it's not just a singular issue if it was just one particular issue then that's one particular issue that they could probably squash with greater efficiency but because there's multiple bigger issues and there's multiple things going on at once then there's this requirement to like take a step back and say okay well we're going to go for you know we're going to we're trying to we're we're going to try and do all of this stuff all at once mm-hmm. and that makes far more sense yeah yeah true i mean the game is the game is coming out it's not going to be it's almost like it's going to be canceled don't worry it's coming it's in mm-hmm. september mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't delay it again. They were really, actually, they were really positive about not delaying it again. They think mm-hmm. they can actually finish it in time. Mm-hmm. We already talked about that because during the summer, it's not really a nice time to um, release a AAA title. Mm-hmm. Just there isn't a lot of people. And especially like everyone who is uh, producing uh, stuff for TV or films in general, for TV, during the summer, you film stuff that you're going to actually put out throughout the year because during the summer... Mm-hmm. The, the the least amount of people watch TV in general because mm-hmm. it's nice weather outside. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are saying, why don't they just cancel it for this generation and just focus on next generation? That's never going to happen. They've been, they've been working <laughs> on this game for, it goes. <laughs> for so no. long. <laughs> they Even... might re-release it, you never know, but there's no chance mm-hmm. in hell that they're going to cancel it for this gen. It just doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make sense yeah. marketing-wise. It doesn't make sense in any any capacity. Yeah, it, and that also comes from a really, really like I, I mean, I hate, I absolutely hate saying this. I really, really honest to God do, but that's such a privileged, like it is. statement. It really is because yeah. it's like it's like you you understand that like eighty percent of people who own consoles do not upgrade to the newest console in the first month. Yeah, I know. I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them end up buying into the console later on. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not just the fact that it's nearly impossible for stores to stock this stuff. And, and I mean, like traditionally, right? We have more like, you know, direct, uh, um, direct mailing and, and, you know, uh, you know, that like package delivery systems are, are much better now. So, so yeah. Um, and, and, and again, that, that word is extremely overused and I'm, and I'm, and I, I hate using it, but the, this, the, the feeling is, is pretty much dead on is that when somebody says that they're one of these few people who will go out and have the, the new console playing on the new console within a month. Um, one of the main reasons, and, and like, you really have to pay attention to this. There's a lot of gamers, um, there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of teens who don't get the console on day one because somebody gets it for them in March and then gives it to them as a Christmas present. Yeah. So that Mm -hmm. right there, like, shows that, again, most, like, activations for, for Xboxes and Playstations are, like... There's a, a significant delay. I don't know how much, but there is a delay. And then the primary reason why they know that there's a delay and why that delay is there because it's sitting in somebody's closet wrapped up as a Christmas present that is then delivered to them a month later. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Th- that's, there's, a, you know, whereas like when people buy it in the spring and the summer, it's it's like they buy it, they end up playing it right away. But in, mm-hmm. in the initial release time, there's actually a segmented or like a, a gradual turning on of the machines and the yeah. highest number of machines I think are turned on, um, on Christmas day. No. So that's, that's something where it's like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's something that most people didn't know. Um, Polly's nine one one. Thank you again for the super chat. This is, you know, you've been really awesome and, and we really, really, really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, he says game gamers are too spoiled as it comes to quality and scope. Of games being made today, everyone demand perf- pro- demands a perfect product, but can't handle the mm-hmm. weight of it. And and yep. Paulie's, you are, yeah, you are very, very correct because there's this, there is a lot of people who, you know, um, they demand a product that has been thoroughly tested, absolutely perfected, but yet has no spoilers, surprises, or or anything that's been ruined online. At the same time, as they want like all the DLC. And then it's so funny because this there's this rose colored glasses effect that happens so so often. It's really it's almost disturbing how much people will look back on a product and mm-hmm. confuse it with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a good example? Probably one of the best examples is like I mean, and you'll see it on like any forum. You go onto like a forum talking about like an older game, right? And you're like, does anybody remember like release day um, when it's like there was this here and that there? And and then like, what's it? I'm trying to think of a good example. I hate going back to it, but I'm going to go to WoW. So when WoW Vanilla was around, you could always tell the um, the people who were over-exaggerating when they like joined in with the game. It's like, I remember coming home with, like day one, got in played around like a week later was in battlegrounds doing this battlegrounds was like that was like six months after release (laughs) so no you weren't in it day one a week later doing battlegrounds you got into the game after it was out Mm -hmm. probably after that patch was live and then like probably a month later 
mm-hmm. were doing Battlegrounds, not not a week later. Like that's that's kind of stuff. You know, every once in a while, I'll hear somebody talk about like, oh yeah, you know, this vanilla experience, and they'll talk about like a feature that was added in the third DLC, like the third like major expansion for it. It's like, yeah, I remember doing that day one. It's like, mm. uh, no, you don't, because that didn't happen. Now, what happened is you got the gold pack or the the you know the, all the stuff in one, and then you got it out there. It's like that. That's what happens, and it's fine. Like there's. There's no need for it, but people look back on games and say, I remember when I started playing this game and all the bugs were fixed. And it's like, no, you don't, because that wasn't how it was. And and again, I'm going to use WoW's example. The release week of WoW was atrocious. Nobody remembers it because so few people were playing it. When it really, when it was really like day one, most people weren't like really aware of it at that point. It really picked up in its first like eight months. Mm-hmm. It really started to like snowball and and build up at that point. But like, good lord, the 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 frustration of of hearing people talk about something in post where they're like, I remember WoW and it's released and there weren't any problems. It's like you weren't there for that then. Because there were so many problems that the devs were honestly like, you know, they were crapping their britches because they were like, they like it was just constant. It was it was constant problems from day to day. And then they play a new game today, and there's like, you know, servers are reset for an hour, and they lose their mind, and they're like, this has never happened before in the history of all gaming. And it's like, yes, it does. It, it happens every every time they launch a new MMO. Every time they launch a new product, there's some kind of a bug or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, at least now, you know, that stuff is patched out. I remember, um, I remember one of the, the, I remember like really old games, like, let me, let me go old school here. Uh, pipes and, um, pipes and Jill of the jungle. There we go. Uh, those games had a lot of like bugs and issues with them that you could like exploit or, you know, break the game, but people don't remember that or they remember that as a, as an exploit or a bug that you could take advantage of after the fact, not something that was like that you could like tweak or control in some way, shape or form beforehand. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great now now we have patches that fix those problems mm-hmm. and you don't look back on these these bugs or exploits as like you know in, in favorable eyes right mm-hmm. it's like like you just don't have that um and like the game testing that people used to have to do on that stuff when it was just a small team was like yeah mm-hmm. yeah was the so, uh in, in the witcher was the roach on top of the um the building was that an actual bug or yeah. did they yeah. did they patch that out because that became kind of meme worthy so like in some senses me bugs can kind of be a good thing if they're if they're mm-hmm. if they get that you know virality to them and they they're shared <laughs> a lot <laughs> not saying not saying that that's the goal but yeah i think they fixed it i didn't have problems though with roach like as i'm recording gameplay or anything and as you call him in like novigrad or any city now it's not but when the game came out you would call him and he would be on the top of the building like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't game breaking. You can just call him again. He disappears and appears again after you no. Know, yeah. After you walk away a certain mm-hmm. mileage. 
I mean, so, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure Cyberpunk is still gonna have bugs on release. It's just a. It's a natural thing. The open world is huge. Like, think about the yeah. developmental process of a game like God of War, amazing game, but it's very linear, right? And they yeah. still struggled so hard. Think about like an open world in comparison to that. It must mm. be an insane amount of work. So, like, I'm glad that they're getting help from outside. Um, yeah. and, and that takes pressure off crunch as well, right? Or or crunch. I'm gonna put that in quotations because yeah. it's a very, you know, whatever <laughs> difficult kind of word. <laughs> yeah. But but there is one thing I do think about. It's they said like your main vehicle, your primary vehicle. You will be able to call it like you did Roach. Mm-hmm. How oh, yeah. how is that vehicle going to navigate like that location we're in? Especially like for example, if you're in dense areas that is true i really wonder how that is going to work (laughs) it's just airdrop (laughs) to you (laughs) i think i think it'll be funny well i mean it's it's you know i mean we we have self-driving cars that yeah um, yeah like right now the the, i think tesla is working on this thing where it's like if you work in an office building or something like that Mm -hmm. and or or like a big you park in a big parking lot there's a setting mm-hmm. I think that's starting to come up where you're going to be able to like call for your car to meet you at the curb. Uh, they already have that. I think they I've seen that. a video they of have that. that. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah. it's already out. It's like, but yeah. it's like, I mean, that's that's basically what you're doing, right? It's yeah, like so- you're calling mm-hmm. the car, and I mean, I think it would be really funny if if in the future, like especially if they had it set up so if you get play the game on April first. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's in game time or in reality time, I think this would be awesome. You call <laughs> your car and it shows up on the side of a building, like just driving on the side of a building and it's honking <laughs> at you. And and it's just like it's a throwback to Roach, right? Because yeah. that, that would just be hilarious. So, or it's just like the AI behind the wheel is like drunk or something. He's just like skidding into like all the other cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like but, I'm, I'm yeah. fine, man. I'm fine. Don't, Get don't, in, bro. don't tell me what I could do. Yeah, I think it's gonna be okay. Like it's probably like if you're in an alley, it's probably just gonna park like on the on the street that's closest to you or something mm-hmm. like that. Because we've maybe had games do that. Before. Maybe it'll have a flying functionality and then it'll just come back down to ground. Oh, imagine that. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be uh, kind of a buzzkill because you can't. You wouldn't be able to fly it after. But yeah, I know. I know. I mean. Flying, in, imagine implementing that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be insane. Into this, because you also have to change the gameplay that will actually fit uh, um, a vehicle that's actually like you can fly it. Because you would have mm-hmm. to adjust the gameplay in a sense. Mm-hmm. You would need to have missions. So I'm, I'm guessing that that would also like draw a lot more things, and then the bug fixing. I mean, mm-hmm. these people already have way too much on their hands mm-hmm. right now. But I mean, it's not the, the last cyberpunk game we're going to see. Maybe in the future, who knows? Yeah, the lore might was, change. Like, yeah, I was going to say, maybe they can save stuff for the for sequels and, and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah, when you think Something about it. Forward to. Yeah. And that's going to be like I, like every other cyberpunk that comes out. Because in my head, I'm thinking maybe they do a trilogy like they did with The Witcher here. Mm-hmm. Um, God, can you imagine those games, like the third one? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how yeah. your your character is gonna port over if if they do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it's gonna be hmm, very. I think fun it's gonna be a different but... one. Mm-hmm. 
Because I don't think they will. They will. Because when you think about it, okay, you can have you can have V and let's say the cyberpunk sequel, but then the the jump would have to be like what, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years, not too much. Mm-hmm. And how much would actually the lore change? So and would it be dependent on the ending that you get in the first mm-hmm. in yes. the first game? Because I would have Ooh. to tie in right. And there's probably it, a bunch of them. Yeah, it, that's really messy to do. Um, yeah. Like they were. I think, yeah, I think I can talk about this. There's a certain game where there's a trilogy and you have a lot of choices that you make throughout the trilogy. Mm -hmm. When they were just ballparking the fourth game, (laughs) they had like, I think they had like several thousand different endings that they had to account for. And they had to like explain away or to like, create a, a a thing in the in the official like world to be able to like you you just didn't have the number of like creative abilities that you that it was just too much for this the staff and they just mm-hmm. they and that's why there's not been a that's why the um that's why there's a lot of like games that that follow that that system that that don't do very you know very many expansions because it's mm-hmm. like it's really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard to, to take anything and be able to, to like run with, run with all of the choices that people can make that you can give them. It's like the choices alone for, uh, what's another good example for origins, right? Mm -hmm. Dragon age origins. The, the depth of choices that you have there, it's like, Hmm. were you an elf? Were you a dwarf? Were you a human? It's like, you know, what, you know, were you male, female, what class? Because um, that's also you know, different. What what class? Because that yeah, you, that that changed the number of scenarios too. Mm-hmm. Um, did you end up getting into? Uh, did you did you uh, hop in the sack with Morgana? Did you not hop <laughs> in the sack with Morgana? Did you uh, or Morgan? Sorry, not Morgana. Mor- <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, don't don't crucify me, people, please. <sighs> You're doing so well you know, up until then. Yeah. Um, so so <laughs> you know what did you? You know, what did you do with Morgan afterwards, after you found out about the thing, right? And and it's like, it's like all of that information, all of that information is just like, it's not, it's not something that's easy to create the next game of, which is why in the olden days, people created and running back to this, people created and stuck with the concept of the Fallout Bible. Because in the Fallout Bible, yes, you had choice. You could make any character you wanted in Fallout 1. But there was a canon story of what happened. Mm-hmm. And I, and you could, you know, you could, you could roleplay. You could do, you know, you could, like, run with the idea that, that you know, your, you know, particular character was the one that, that survived or whatever. And you have the, the ability to kind of tweak some of that stuff in, in some games going forward. But the best choice has always been to, um, I think has always been to create a canon version, mm-hmm. create yep. a canon version so that you, you can continue to make games that people can play and you just don't put too much emphasis on the past. And it's, it's kind of a tight rope to walk, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a little bit of where mm-hmm. it's like, Isn't that a bit immersion breaking to me. That's, I haven't really experienced anything like that in the game, but to me, that seems it's, like it's, if I got a different ending and then I was forced with the canon one, I'd It'd be mm-hmm. kind of weird. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, you'd yeah. never see that canon ending. Or or like... <laughs> in the next game, I mean. Like, starting off, mm-hmm. and it would, it yeah, would yeah, yeah. pick up after the canon ending. I I I know that that's a concept that, that you have and that a lot of people have. But in my experience, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the scenario where somebody's like, oh, I, I really hated that. Mm-hmm. Partially because the, the practice has been, you know, not done very much. Partially because of games that, you know, they came out, they offered you a choice, and then they just left it at that. And yeah. and they never came back to that as an IP because there was just there was just too much. You know, there was just way mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, or they created, like, a, a giant time gap, right? Um, I, I don't think... Oh, here's another good example because this is relevant in the news today. Um, the <laughs> the canon ending to the uh, Kotor story, Kotor one, Kotor two. Mm-hmm. There were canon versions of that story, and those canon versions of those story was what led to the the next game, and then to the um, Kotor or the the MMO, right, the Swotor game and how they've handled that there and how they've built around that and, and created around that. And it's like, Oh, it was actually this one dude. And, and like, and they stuck with a Canon kind of story to it. And I don't think there's very many people who complain that much. Um, there was a, a general thought. I remember, you know, hearing a lot of people saying, you know, people are going to complain when, when Reverend's not their, you know, version, you know, their character with the, with the choices that they made. And it's like, when the content came out, most people were like, I don't care. So that might also have something to do with it being, you know, having. Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Kobe Bryant died. Did he actually? What? He did. Wow. What? What? Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. He died in a helicopter crash. What? That's insane. Holy. Sorry sorry to interrupt. What? (laughs) That's crazy news. Wow. Damn. Rest in peace if that's true. Yeah, man. Holy shit, I grew up. I don't know how reliable TMZ is, but... Yeah, they... Man. If this is a hoax, like... (laughs) Wikipedia. Because I've been... Jesus Christ? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, TMZ is carrying it. Uh, I'm not going to load that webpage because I think it's going to create sound. Um, Never will okay. Also, well, that's, say, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Mm. Before we continue, there was also one thing that I wanted to say about this, uh, you know, continuing, um, like in trilogy, to have the same character with same decisions. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes it's good, but in one game, it didn't ha- have much sense. I mean, in Gothic, I mean, you probably never played it. I don't know if you did, but um, every time you there's a new Gothic game and every time you start with a guy, he is completely stripped off of any abilities whatsoever of holding a sword mm-hmm. of doing anything and for example in let's say gothic one you level up your character you have all this cool gear and then you know some things happen in the second one it's kind of explained because you just woke up and like some of the things you forgot and then the third game like he just went to this island came back and all of a sudden the guy doesn't know how to wield the sword i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes, right? yeah, sometimes and, it doesn't and, make sense in this. Well, it, some of those, some of those are like, you know, you explain a lot of that stuff away with like, well, you know, this is just for balancing. It's like, it's like in any like 
um, in any of the DLCs for, for Fallout series, it's like, it's like, yeah, we're going to this new place. And unfortunately you got to like leave all your gear behind. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, are you sure I can't just bring this pistol with me? No, no, no. You're going to have to do with this, this gun. It does like <laughs> one, one eighth of the damage of my gun. It has limited ammo and why am I doing that? Because you have to. It's like it's like okay, right? So some of that stuff is like it, it depends on how much of you know how 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 much that kind of stuff bothers you. Mm-hmm. And I can get that it, it bothers some people. Um, yeah. So oh, well. So well, sometimes it's, it's mostly like if it doesn't if it's illogical. For example, in Mass, Mass Effect, I loved it because it was a continuation of the story in a sense, mm-hmm. and it didn't bother me too much because it was still you know Shepard. He was still doing his shooty shooty things. He just got more gadgets in a sense. But mm-hmm. when when like uh, the main character that you just had like on a level one hundred, completely forget everything in like a month in game in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's like ah again. <laughs> I think it was I think it was Final Fantasy who tried to explain it away as like you're in your peak, you know, condition and that you can like, you know, you're not in your peak condition after taking time off or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of it was kind of a silly thing um that they like tried to reference in I think it was like a movie or something like that or like one of those like long animated like cutscene type things, but it was somewhere in there where they were like, "Oh yeah, no, it's explained away by this." And again, it's like, it's like, just don't, just try not to, like, just, just don't, just, just don't, like, unless you can do it masterfully, like truly masterfully. And I think, I think one of the best examples of that, also something that's sort of relevant in the news, is the whole Klingon um, genophage thing. That was something that when I first saw them try to explain it away, I was like, that's dumb. Why you got to do this? Just, just admit that. Well, the reasons why they didn't look like this is because, well, do you have any idea how much makeup costs and how much a makeup department runs at? <laughs> it's just not something that was feasible at the time. Like, come, come on, grow up. But then they explained it. And then and at first I was like, I was like, okay, that's dumb. But then they like, did a couple more things to like make it like really canon. And I was like, okay, I, I actually see where they're going with this. And I actually think this is a good idea. Like, and then they, the, then the, the game, the video game, the, the Star Trek online really like ran with it. And it involved several characters from the other shows and some of the other stuff. And there was this time travel thing. And it was like, Oh, okay. I like this. I like this now. And I'm now a fan of that, the way that they handled that there. So, um, yeah, careful with the keyboard typing. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Forgot to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, just in just in general, it's like you are penned in a little bit by this stuff, right? So, uh, one one more t- before we change subjects here, just one or two more quick comments as to um, this actual topic of like the the delay and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Corey also said this, and and I really, 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 really want to hammer this point home. There is nothing shameful or nefarious about a game not running well in development. Most games have a hard time running in development. And I said this on the podcast this week, is that there is 
in there's very few scenarios and situations in which you will take a look at at some kind of at some company and you will not have somebody in that company say that the game is doomed to failure you almost always have that the bigger the team the more of those people you're going to have um talking with any developer from any company where there's more than 40 people working on the game one person's always at the company is going to say i don't think we're going to get this game out at all but that's just the way that people are and how people are different like some people look on the more pessimistic side of things other people look on the more positive side of things and this is not at all in any way shape or form um a a a, this is not a negative thing you you have to have those people in your company you have to have the the left hand and the right hand working to do their separate things otherwise you're going to be you know you're working without a hand and that's not good because you you need that stuff for stuff you know sometimes you're using the left hand more than you're using the right hand sometimes you're using the right hand more than the left hand that's just the way it works Mm. so so in this particular case i think I think this is a very valid point out, uh, pointing it out. And then just following it up with what, um, and I, I cannot, uh, um, I think it was Philip Weber, uh, senior quest designer from CDPR came out, basically said, you know, Corey hit the nail on the head. Of course, we're optimizing for the Xbox one, for the PlayStation, for the PC, because that's what you do in the last stretches of game development. You know, while the game is made, lots of things are unoptimized. Um, you know, they're all in flux, changing. Everything's not finished. So there's no simple answer like the game was delayed because of X. Mm-hmm. Um, it might make for a good rumor, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> hold all the truth. There's always many reasons among them, uh, and I can speak for myself. Self simple, simply bug fixing bugs. So the game will be as polished as possible. No hidden agendas. Just working on making the game better. Um, yeah. So I and I think that's probably where we're gonna like leave off the the rumors on the delays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at this point, it's just it's just additional rumors, um, and that's and that's it. And it's not very helpful. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. bottom line, they'll get the game out. It'll be great. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Just gotta be more patient. That's all. Yeah, right. Just people give like them to, time. People like to go into hysterics when like little little bumps and hiccups happen mm-hmm. in game development. Game development is all about that. Yeah, so every development is like that. Like every like the the films you see like in cinema, oh, you don't want to see them <laughs> a month <laughs> before they are actually shipped out. <laughs> Didn't they? Wasn't that an issue with the Cats movie? There was like clipping through. Like they had to re-edit it for yeah for theaters because they, they were, legit like... patched the film. They were <laughs> yeah. patched. Mm-hmm. First time in history. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I really wanted to go see it just to see how bad it was. Man, don't wait before. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this is this is something, right? Like, this is this is something that we're going to be like. This is something that we're going to be seeing in in the future. Is that movies are going to be live edited? You're going to go see the movie on day one, and it's going to be different than the movie you see on day three. It's like, how how is that? What? 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 Yeah. Like, yeah. really? 
Yeah, I can oh, already see Scorsese like twitching with his eye in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that? Um, it's like the Razzies. It's like the Oscars for like the worst movies. Mm-hmm. Do they still oh, yeah, have yeah. that? I don't know. I wonder if they still have. <laughs> <laughs> like it might a become a cult classic one day, like the Cats. If the Room <laughs> became a cult classic, maybe Cats as well. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't uh, Endgame re-release with like a different cut or extended? Something. I think so, yeah. Extended ending or something like that. Ah, the DLC in films. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> go it's in. A cash cow, man. You gotta milk it for all it's worth. And it's like, like some some of those things. Like obviously, like I I I can I can be a fan of something, but you know mm-hmm. when someone is going into a theater just to see one minute of extra stuff. Listen, stuff listen. There was someone who saw Captain Marvel like a hundred and twenty times or something. Like in its Why? first hundred and whatever days. Why? Like there's dedication in the uh in the in the community there. Yeah, there's that that I think was um <laughs> I, I mean I wanna say, I wanna I, I don't wanna be too rude, but <laughs> mental illness <laughs> there's some people who, who that, that borders on that. Like That's I mean, there's like, some people Yeah, O C D for sure, maybe. Like like well I mean I there were there were other reasons for that right so mm-hmm. um uh but yeah no i uh yeah um, well, you, you never know you never know it could be just outright dedication yeah if you could call it that all right um i, I <laughs> let's talk about this um qloc thing so okay. qloc is this company that that's been announced that they're coming in to help with the RPGs development. Um, development is a really strong word, but these people at these companies, they do a very good thing. They're a very important part of the ecosystem of video games. They're very, I'm not diminishing their jobs at all. They have an important role to play, but development is, it's not, factually incorrect but for some people it's not um it's not an accurate term for what they do Mm -hmm. and so let me explain very carefully because i want to make this extremely clear to to everybody listening they are a development company that takes games and and works with uh porting and and specializing and they're also major bug fixes um but some people online are now ripping CDPR because apparently they can't finish the game themselves. They're that far behind. That is a clickbait article. That is an article that is trying to drum up negative press because negative press makes more clicks. Mm-hmm. The other thing that negative press tends to do is, and and this is a disturbing trend because this is 100% accurate and I have... I've been following some people that have been talking about this regularly. There's a lot of people out there who will write a bad article that they know is bad, that they know is wrong. And why do they do it? Because they can then write a, get a lot of clicks on the article. Then they can write a retraction or an edit and have more people show up to read that. And what you've done is you've created enough clicks to, hit your cap for the end of the week. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's, it's like a police officer who shows up and, and gives you a ticket because you, you know, 
your your you know your one of your eight rear uh, lights was out, right? It's like most cops don't do that. However, mm. they were probably you know yelled at by their by their you know so that hey you need to and, and this is the, the problem with like ticket quotas. It's like you haven't hit your ticket quota for the day. You have to get three more tickets in before the end of the day. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, penalized. It's like I I don't agree with that. Um, I don't agree with that at all. There's there's lots and lots of problems with with any with any system that yeah. requires that. Um, I knew of a a, a guy who made um, in, in one week he he made one sale at a car company. One sale. That was it. Whole week, he made one sale. And his boss chewed him out. And he came home. He was really pissed off. He was really upset. He felt that the boss was being a complete douche because he, it was it was absolutely stupid. What was the one thing that he did? He sold 140 cars to a, a big company. And he spent a week like drafting the the deal and going back and forth, making sure that they the warehouse like the the like they're they're a simple distributor right their sales. So he had to like contact the the manufacturer, you know, the actual like big Ford or GM or whoever it was, like clarify that they could actually meet this order, have some one of the other bosses sign off on it, and then the boss who's on vacation comes back and says, oh, one sale. He only looks at one number on one piece of paper. Doesn't look at the fact that 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 one sale was more cars than the company had sold in the last two months combined. Oh, it's God. like it's like that's the kind of stuff that that some of these article writers do. So again, I'm not hitting on on QLOC. I'm just wanting to clarify: this company does not does not have anybody who specializes in pri- like in in um, big game development, as in like core developer. This mm-hmm. yeah. this company is not coming in to work on the core programming of the game. They're not coming in to catch up on main quest lines, side quest lines, adding in a ton of content, uh, finishing off a bunch of programming. This company is coming in to do quality assurance and testing in a larger capacity than what CDPR has the ability to do on their own. It's very, it's a very needed job. It's a very important job. It's not, I'm not denigrating them, but they are not coming in there to fix major problems with the game. Most of the time, they're probably going to be submitting bug reports, not actually going into the code to fix the actual bugs themselves, Mm -hmm. because that's just something that in most cases they don't necessarily do. They do have the ability to do that as a company. They're actually they actually have the staff that that can handle that kind of stuff but that would involve them getting to know the code which is it's not this is an unreal engine this isn't an engine that's accessible to everybody this is an engine that cdpr has worked on close house inside nobody has access to this stuff so again i really doubt that they're going to be doing any of that actual bug fixing themselves they're probably just going to be fixing the bugs and Instead of reporting themselves as joining the team as their QA support, they, they wanted wrote. to get that development in there because that's yeah. good for their brand. That's good yeah. for their company. They probably had an agreement to say we're coming in for development and QA support because that looks better on the resume than just having QA support. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's what's, um, that's what, that's what's kind of going on with this. Mm-hmm. And there's some reporters that are running around out there saying the game is so far behind that they had to bring in another company to come in and fix a whole bunch of, uh, uh, development problems no they're in there for qa testing not development problems yeah Yeah. i mean gaming journalism has really hit a new low it really has because before it was like yeah but now their articles are actually having an impact on the game on stocks on everything and mm-hmm. to go and uh, publish the story without uh, expanding on it, without actually reaching out. So you're telling me that our small group here has is going to reach out and actually get the full story and not some big people with, you know, their connections. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they say like, oh, we have this, we have that. And then they actually not follow up on the story and they, and they just give half of it. And that's actually damaging mm-hmm. For the company, because people are going to read that and say, wait, 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 I'm going to re- cancel my pre-order. This is not good because they believed it. Yeah, and they, they don't care certain, about that. They don't yeah. care about that. And they certainly and, and, won't go and, you know, search if it's true or not, because that's the news mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, because, again, it's like it actually profits them to take a scenario, to take a thing and say, look, um, we're going to report on this story as is, and that's just going to be the, the whole new world. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's bad. It's literally like, just I mean, about pumping out content. That's mm-hmm. they just want to get it out as fast as possible. If they can make a a restatement or write another article correcting their mistake or something or spin it in some sort of way, they'll do that, right? It's just another article for them, another piece of content. There's no repercussions to this really, other than you know people saying, "Hey, this this site is bad now," and or or whatever. But they still go there anyways, right? Mm-hmm. If, if there's a clickbait title. You're going to click on it. You're, you're interested in yeah. it. It doesn't matter if it's Kotaku or whatever, and you've been talking shit about them for the past four months. You're very likely going to click it. And and if you don't, you really you really hate them, right? So Yeah. Um, just There's a lot of people talking about a particular uh, reporter in the comments. Um, I've had a, a fair number of major problems with this one reporter or, or reviewer or whatever you want to call him. Um, he's routinely given games bad scores. Because it's not a genre that he likes. And mm. this to me is insulting as a reviewer, as somebody who reviews products and reviews games and talks with game developers. If you don't like, if if I despise golfing games, which I do, I despise golf, um, I should never, ever, ever bother to review a golf game. Because if I hate it so much, now I love mini golf, I should clarify. I like mini golf. Mini golf is a lot of fun. <laughs> I hate like normal like eighteen hole golf. I think is one of the 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 dumbest sports in the universe. <laughs> and you know the number of times I've said that publicly, including this time, maybe about a dozen other times. It, it's something that I just keep. I typically just keep to myself. I don't really talk about it because if it's not for me, it's not for me. Yeah. And I for sure as hell wouldn't review the latest golf game. And give it a bad score because my opinion of golf is low. Mm-hmm. But this is what this one particular who's they're talking about in the comments, he does routinely. And he'll even say it every once in a while, he'll say it. He he despises I think it's uh, I think it's open world games. And he gives them a lower score because he doesn't like open world games. And it's like 
then why are you playing an open world game? Why are you reviewing it? Why is that factoring into your review at all? Yeah, personal bias yeah. should be completely separate from your review. Again, your review, it, um, you know, yeah. duties and jobs. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's just it's just bad form to walk into a scenario and to you know to to run with stuff or information that that you don't know is true. You know, when when the delay happened, we reached out. You know, Mad Queen, I, you know, me, and my team, we reached out. We we talked to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then there's YouTubers and commentator, commentators and, and journalists who who heard a rumor from one dude. It's like, <laughs> heard a rumor from one dude? That's, that's not, that's not doing, I mean, you're not even calling the company and asking for comment. Like, yeah. th- this is something that, again, used to be pretty commonplace. When mm-hmm. there was a, a, you know, say there's some scare with, with a particular food item, right? Nor the, the journalistic normal thing to do back in the day was to call up the company and say, do you have any comments on this? No? Okay, cool. Then they do some investigating. They say, hey, we've spoken with uh, five people who claim this, 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 and this. Uh, they have some information to back this up. We are now in possession of this information. We verified it. Do you have any comment to say on this? And just like we were talking about at the beginning of the program with this whole virus thing, the the the, the company um or the the you know you have an obligation to answer that now because you've been caught red-handed so to speak um it's like it's like the the truth used to mean something when confronting people with it but now it's just now because journalists don't do their due diligence yeah. now companies are more than willing to just like walk in and be like you know whatever we don't care um Polly's with the the super chat again. Thank you very very much. Super chats really help. Uh, they really really do. Whenever whenever we do these podcasts, um, it it lets YouTube know that you know people enjoy this content and that's mm-hmm. it's the the, mm. the YouTube game has been so rough. He says um, silver lining regarding woke game sites like Kotaku is that many of them are getting broke these days. People are losing jobs is not fun, but it is poetic justice, and mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I agree. Be- yeah. yeah, you know, I agree. It's it's not so much the the go go woke go broke thing. There is something to be said for that, but I think that it basically boils down to the concept that look, people don't like you screaming at them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't like you being their more moral arbiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not something that that people respect. If you want to win arguments, you have to speak to the person. If you want to win arguments, you have to speak to individuals. You can't just brush entire things or entire opinions aside because it's something that you don't necessarily agree with. And, and we, unfortunately, we see this a lot these days. And the thing is, is that this used to be on the other side of the the, the um, ideological fence, right? Mm-hmm. There used to be a time where where it was mostly done by other types of people. If you if you say, okay, here's a group of people or things or companies or particular stuff that you can't um, that you you can't a so here's here's a couple of things a you can't make fun of this person b you can't judge this person or say what they're doing is bad and oh yes this person happens to be very wealthy and happens to have a lot of political power and oh yes this person has um has exceptions if they're caught doing the bad things if you go back in time that person 
can represent pretty much everything and everyone on the spectrum of, of just people and, and, and jobs and tasks. Uh, you know, it, it can, you know, if you go back to the, the French revolution, that yeah. person could apply to the monarchy. If you go to other places and other times, that position can apply to um, certain religious leaders uh, at the time who were very, very hypocritical. And, and, and it's actually one of the, the word hypocrite is actually like derived from some of some of those um, uh, situations in the past where, where a moral person was a moral busybody was telling you that you could do something that they couldn't. You, you go into any time period and there's always somebody that you're not allowed to make fun of. That happens to be sitting on the height of of power, privilege, and wealth, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, they have control of the thing. And we see this a lot with gaming journalism these days. So, so Paulie's, thank you for the, the comment, and and it is po- poetic justice because these people don't stay the same people. It's it's never the same person, right? It's never the same group of individuals, but because it's constantly changing. It's one way now, and in 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be somebody completely, some different thing completely, right? You know, in 20, 30 years, it might be actors who are, you know, you know, making the calls for, for you know, intelligence and, and calmness instead of, like, being, you know, the, you know, sorry, I was going to say uh, uh, journalists and actors. Because, like, right now, there's a lot of actors who are, like, they're very preachy, but they don't do, like, they're hypocrites, right? And everybody mm-hmm. kind of sees them as it. And and Ricky Gervais kind of like points it out and shows them a big mirror about it. It's like there have been times in the past where actors or the the person filling the role that we have as an actor today are the ones who are calling for change and who are calling for for um, things to to get better. So you know it, it always changes. So it's never one side of one particular argument because things change constantly, right? Mm-hmm. So. So, anyways, I, w- I wanted to get that out there because it it's kind of a touchy issue. Um, but yeah, no, it's with this back to the issue with the QLOC. Um, they're a good company; they do good work. Not diminishing them, but some people saying that this is clearly a bad sign is don't listen to them. That they're absolutely full mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> they've also worked on a, some high profile games, mm-hmm. like yeah. Devil May Cry, Bioshock. Uh, some of the Street Fighters, just in various Dark things. Souls, so I mean, they're yeah, Dark Souls. So yeah. they're, I mean, they're experienced in what they do. So why not? Right? And 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 QA is very very important. And mm-hmm. the traditional QA systems, like like you go back twenty years, QA used to be um, a bunch of people working at the company, get mm-hmm. a bunch of their friends and family to play the game, and sign an NDA. That's mm-hmm. used like you go back 15, 20 years. That used to be how QA was handled. Um, and you know, like, a and, and that's not really how it's handled anymore. It's really not how it's handled anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it's moved away from that. Now you actually have companies whose main job it is, is to find these problems, is to find these bugs. And because they're so used to seeing the bugs and seeing the issues, it's like, um, lag and, and the certain issues with lag and, um, processing power that i can identify just from the jitter like just watching a jitter like the the game kind of chug through i'm Mm -hmm. like ah i know what's causing it it's probably this this or this Mm -hmm. it's like i can pinpoint it really quickly um when you get a whole team of people who are Mm -hmm. that skilled that that they can identify things 
and mm-hmm. problems and particular causes. It's like, hey, we're all crashing around this one particular NPC. Mm-hmm. And they can all recognize that and identify that. Turns out it's like some like coding error with the NPC. Um, some animation thing is running wrong and with that one particular NPC. Um, if you're familiar at all with modding in Skyrim, this is a, a face gen bug can happen that crashes you to desktop whenever you get near one particular NPC who hasn't been rendered correctly. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a problem that skilled people can I immediately identify once they have the general knowledge of how the code works, who can move in there, play, do a quick playthrough or do some stress testing in a particular area. And just from visually Mm. playing the game, let alone all the tools and all the uh, mechanics that they have, all of the, the, the um, parses that they're creating from the, the, um, from the, from the data logs, just Mm -hmm. visually, they're able to catch things like that, let alone all of their tools that they have at their availability to to code and, and pick up on those problems and then to see them, check them out, and then to give a list to the development team to fix this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Because, again, as a programmer, you may not know that something that's causing a crash to desk is an item slot that's been mixed with another item slot. Yeah. You You know how to fix that? But you don't know that's what's causing the problem because it's not your specialization. Your specialization is fixing the problem, mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know, not not knowing exactly what the problem is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. that's where that's where these specialists come in. Great job, and I think it's good. So I mean, think about yeah. just how monumental the task is. I mean, we were we were talking about the destructibility of the environments, and they had mentioned mm-hmm. that three quarters of the assets are destructible. Like just that in itself is like monumental for an, for an open world game, right? So mm-hmm. like th- mm-hmm. this is a very important stage, and QA is very important to to making sure that even something as small as that, not as small as that, but you know, like that isolated little thing works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wonder so, how that's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Is it like when we break stuff, does it stay broken? Does it actually mm-hmm. like fix itself after some time when you leave that location when you come back? So that would be interesting. That detail, no idea, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I so, don't know. Yeah it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's an interesting way of looking at it, and and hopefully we will. I mean, hopefully this means that they're gonna have even more bug fixes squashed, and they're not gonna mm-hmm. be like other companies. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the companies we're talking about that release a game and it's it's in such a horrendous state. Like yeah. we're talking about, um, you know, the, the PC version of, of one particular game that came out recently that, I mean, neon, you were saying you, you, you hadn't even like bothered to pick it up again because it was just so bad. Mm-hmm. Red, red dead two. It's the first, yeah. the first day it was just, it had a very rough launch and then it's, it's just hard to pick up a game after you have that initial momentum, at least for someone like me. Um, yeah. maybe it's different for other people. I'm not sure. What but... happened? With that release, oh, it, was just, it, it was just so badly ported. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that I finished it in console. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it ran beautifully on console. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it ran actually very that. good because mm-hmm. I have the stock version of of uh, PlayStation. Uh, I'm not the. I mean, it's the slim one and with no problems whatsoever mm-hmm. regarding the frame rate, and it's beautiful. That's good. And I think people are making comparisons with Red Dead 2 because of 
the graphical fidelity in the open world and stuff like that but it's very mm-hmm. different because it's widespread it's not yeah. a it's not a city it doesn't have yeah. all that stuff on the screen at one time so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah in in a in a you know if you're standing in anywhere in red dead or or even something like skyrim you can run 30 seconds in any direction and you might not even encounter very much else right mm-hmm. it, it might be basically not much if anything at all uh maybe one encounter that kind of thing in cyberpunk 30 seconds in any direction is going to be a whole new world mm-hmm. is going to be hundreds of npcs and lots of other things neon and, signs like yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and this does make for you know a very difficult programming environment it makes for a lot of strain on the system um unfortunately that's that's how the game is so yeah as you said like one object one little tin can can break your game literally Mm -hmm. because i remember i don't know which game was it you look at this object and instantly game just crashed so (laughs) you had to move around that object not looking at it so it doesn't blow it's like medusa you look at it you turn to stone (laughs) that's true that's true i mean having i mean having like bugs in a single player game it, it like if it, if your game crashes blah 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 that that can be understandable and people can wait for that fixed problem comes if that game is online so mm-hmm. i would i would rather have them just polish everything just be done with it as much as they can and then they can actually fix some of the stuff because there's gonna be stuff there is mm-hmm. no way in hell that no like any company is gonna give you a 100 percent bug free game because mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. systems, different way of people just playing the game. Like you can do something, something can um, happen and your game can crash. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just have everything ready and then focus on that multiplayer part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe they'll do a, a day one patch as well, right? But it'll have to be, yeah. it'll probably be significantly smaller. Or they'll, they'll be less stressed about that. So even even The Witcher 3, when it came out, had issues. They were yeah, not of course. huge issues, but resolution wasn't right. Um, they didn't have the 1280 by 720p resolution. Um, mm-hmm. So that was glitched. And there was some performance issues that were fixed later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it, ha- it, it had a bit of a rocky start in a sense. Not too much, not too much. It was mm-hmm. still playable, but those little things, but they were patched really quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It helps Hopefully. when you when you don't want to kill the momentum of your game. You got to get those out quickly. Oh yeah, because, oh yeah. yeah. First impressions are everything. I think someone mentioned that in the comment in the chat there. But first yeah. impressions are absolutely everything. And yeah. and also people have been asking about those day one patches in my Discord. Uh, basically, when the game goes gold, it goes into distribution, and you cannot really work on the game anymore. I mean, you, you can, but you cannot actually patch it into the versions you already have. Mm-hmm. So there is always that, I mean, from time to time, but there is usually that day one patch because during the time that the game is being distributed and, you know, the release date is coming closer, they have more time to work on things that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So once that build is on a disc, it's that build. Yeah, it's You're that, get build. that build, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. And even when you download it digitally, it's first going to download the game and then maybe because you pre-order and you load the game earlier, you load up that build that they actually like uh that that went gold Mm -hmm. so everything else you know usually comes on day one because Mm -hmm. that's the best time to do it because you want Mm -hmm. people to have the 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 bug-free experience yeah oh yeah yeah 
<laughs> Expect yeah. the day zero patch. Lila said. Man, is, that a, that. is that a pre-launch patch? Day zero uh, patch? I don't know. I, I mean, that's just that's just pretty normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. it's it's fairly normal for that to happen. It just um, yeah. So so people hate it, um, <clears throat> but unfortunately, it's part of the it's just part of the ecosystem in video games now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And day one patches t- is basically assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if that day one patch is bigger than the download of the entire game. <laughs> There are some problems. There's some problems, right? Uh, and we, we, I mean, I was just commenting on the whole seventy six thing. Is like the the day one patch was, I think, I think it was bigger than the actual game download. It was huge. Or, it yeah. was enormous. I'm so glad and I never played. I, 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 I bought it on sale six days after it came out. It just sounds like and a frustrating it. experience overall. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is terrible. Terrible. Even today. Because I go back to it from time to time to, mm. to get some gameplay to actually mm-hmm. just back up it. It's so bad. Still the same stuff, man. The same problems that they had. Well, I'll me. say I'll say what I said in chat, um, and that I have heard on the rumor wagon um, from people who are in the know that the latest version of the game that they're working on it's not been released yet. It's their um, it's the the ones adding NPCs to the game. Um, that the studio has gone back and basically like rebuilt a ton of the game because it just was not, it was just shipped in such a broken way and had so many problems, but apparently they've gone back and they basically like rebuilt the game from the ground up. I wouldn't encourage anybody to go back and test it, um, before that patches out because it's just, I mean, it's, it's just broken right now, period. Um, However, I would suggest that anybody who's like very interested in the series hops back into it after the first post patch of the release of the next content. So wait for the next content to, re- to drop, then wait for the patch to come out and fix all the problems that's going to be in th- in that day one, and then give that a go. Mm-hmm. Give it a go with kind of like a a, a clean head, right? Just go in, give it a try. Um, if you already own it, if you don't own it, don't buy it. <laughs> um, give it a try. If it's been, if it's massive improvement, then I think we will see that that's where the game has kind of like come out at. If it's a mess still, then at that point, basically write off the game forever. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, there's just I mean, if, if they can't base. fix it. Yeah, if they can't fix it after all this stuff and all this time and all this effort, then just don't bother with it. I mean, don't again, if you don't own this, don't bother with it already. Mm-hmm. I mean, their player um, base is is a pretty much a QA testing team right now at this point anyway, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I've heard some other, I'll quickly cover some other rumors. So the other so the other rumors I've heard is that is this it's coming out for Steam, but it's coming out for Steam after they fix most of the bugs and most of the problems. What they want to have with the game is they want to have the game in a stable, solid way with you know, with the ability to get private servers to to set them up like you would set up a Minecraft server mm-hmm. um and to get all this stuff added to the game and then to drop it on Steam. And that it'll be free to play with the exception of like the server servers, which you'll have to rent or, or buy, you know, subscription or something like that for Mm -hmm. it'll still have this stupid cash shop and the cash shop is diff 
is, is definitely going to be selling items that are they're not supposed to, which they promised that they wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they actually want to make this thing, to try and make this thing work. And yeah. that the new team that's been put in charge of it, you know, unlike the Anthem team, where everybody's been quitting as soon as they've been put in charge of it because nobody wants to run Anthem, it's an absolute piece of garbage nobody wants that job it's a dead end job you take control of anthem in five years you're either going to be out of a job or everybody's going to be blaming you for the this current state of things it's better to just quit and move out which is what's been happening every time they put somebody in charge of anthem they they quit (laughs) and the the main reason for that is because it's going to taking that job is going to kill your career period Mm-hmm. It is going to end your career. You will not ha- be able to show your face in public after you take control of this thing for a year and a half. So everybody who's put in charge of it leaves. And and this is what's been happening with with um, didn't they didn't they say that they're actually like overhauling the entire game? Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's the same scenario that we have with seventy six. They're they're with they've Anthem? gone back. That's Anthem, yeah. So they, yeah. they've gone back, they're going back, and they're apparently rebuilding the game from the ground up. Like like taking every all – they don't have to make any new assets. They just have to get the assets working properly yeah. and then maybe add some new stuff, right? Like obviously they need to change AI. They need to make things better. They need to do a lot of stuff. Um, I mean they might as well rebrand the, the name too because like people yeah. are going to – are going to hear Anthem and initially think of a train uh, Not necessarily. I mean, no Man's, no Man's Sky came back from, yeah. like, the dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I suppose... Yeah, no, Man, no Man's but... Sky was... It was down to less than... Uh, I think their launch day... Was, or not their launch day, but, like, um, before they added any other fixes, they were down to, like, a few hundred people playing that game. And, again, that's basically, like, a glorified QA team. Um, and they managed to bring that back from the dead. And I actually did get back into to No Man's Sky right before seven or right after seventy six launched, um, and it was such a train wreck. Um, I w- I went and I downloaded because I had bought it. I had originally bought it, and mm-hmm. and I played it, and I was extremely disappointed with with No Man's Sky. And I went back into it, and now it's a pretty decent game. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's got most everything everybody wants um unfortunately i still whatever it is i the flight thing just doesn't work for me um some of the other controls a little bit wonky was able to make it a little bit more playable third person thank god (laughs) they added third person but for some reason I, i still couldn't quite click with it but i saw an active happy community of lots of people doing lots of stuff so i i so I realized that the game has, like, any game has potential of coming back. I can say the exact same thing for uh, the Elder Scrolls MMO. Elder Scrolls MMO, when it came out, when it dropped, it was garbage. It was hot garbage, the level that I have never not seen. Like, like 76 and Anthem are, are a little bit worse. But it was, it was trash. It was absolute trash. And that game has come back to the point where, I mean, they, they've just, they, they put out another expansion and it's going really well and it makes them a lot of money. So clearly, I think, I think Bethesda actually, and again, Bethesda game studios like the Maryland studio, they had little to no work with this. A lot of people blame Todd for it, but he had literally nothing to do with 76. Mm-hmm. 
a new person came in, said, hey, we're going to do this with 76. And Todd was like, I don't think that's going to work. And they were like, we don't care. You're going to say good things about it or else. And he had to. Again, you know, you can you can mock him and, and give him disrespect if you want. Um, he deserves it because of other things that he said in the past. But you have to remember that 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 the developers at the studio are not to blame for that because they they didn't work on it. Uh, the there was another studio that took over it. Uh, I think they're based out of Austin that did the initial work on it, and and now I think it's in somebody else's hands. So it's like. You know, it's, it's like a hot potato, right? Uh, anyways, um, Alan of Rivia. Yes, the fabled Alan of Rivia. Uh, he has given us Super Chat. Thank you very, very much. Again, Super Chats, uh, they, they really do help. Um, you don't have to give something big. It, something small is very helpful. It The more of those small things that we get, the more that actually like really, really helps it with the algorithm and and all that kind of stuff. So thank you, thank you. Um, do you think that retro compatibility on consoles could hold game developers back on PC to avoid uh, riots among different platforms? Um, this is a very interesting question. And the, it's a question that a lot of studios have really been wrestling with um, in that how much do they need to hold back a particular game for consoles? The answer has been in the last few years when people have tried this where they've held back the graphics on PC because the consoles were just too garbage to run the, the things um, this is universally been denounced by pretty much everybody in the gaming community. Mm -hmm. um, the only people that are touting this, that are trying to force developers to do this are the big wigs at at Sony and at Microsoft <laughs> a lot less at Microsoft now in fact i don't think any of them agree with this current stance almost nobody oh thank you gamer notes another super chat that's actually very helpful again thank you thank you so much um yeah. but again it it really doesn't it really doesn't um factor in Mm -hmm. in, into the way that they're doing their business now. Microsoft wants games to Game run Pass. the best that they can on Game Pass yeah. for PC and also for Xbox. If mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a downgrade, they don't care. Because, you know why? Because people are playing it on the PC are happy and people who are playing it on the consoles are happy and very few of them are playing it on both at the same time that don't notice that kind of thing. And with their push, uh, they're going out of their, their way to um, they're going out of their way to to work with this idea of of having like the streamable service as well. And they understand that the, the quality will be different on that device as well. There's no way that they can make everything play exactly the same, nor do they want to, because again, the the community as a whole has revolted against this idea. The only one who's sticking with this concept is Sony. And Sony mm. is still demanding it. Every game has to run the same. Everything has to be the same. If there's going to be, um, you know, butts and, and, and cleavage and, and other things being shown, it's got to be censored across all of the systems so that their uh. system isn't the only one who's censoring their stuff. This is their new stance. This is one of the reasons why they're going to fail. This next generation this is one of the re reasons why they're going to hit a wall. 
yeah. because they're making ridiculous demands on stuff that the community doesn't want. Mm. And this is one of the many, many warning signs that we have seen. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, Sony players, nothing against them. Absolutely nothing against them. Um, nothing against the, the, you know, the hardworking devs who have worked on Sony games for decades. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, some heads at the studios are doing really stupid things. Like, yeah. Not just dumb things, just metrically stupid things. Like, why are you, why are you doing this? Everybody hates this. They do not want it at all. Yeah. And somehow you haven't gotten the message and you're like forcing and cramming it down our throats saying, no, 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 no. You're going to take, uh, the same graphical fidelity on, um, on, on our future, like launch titles on the PC, you know, they're going to be identical to the, to how it is on Sony and they're making a stink out of it. Let me tell you, they are making an absolute stink over this. They have been saying to a number of games, like if you're not willing to downgrade your game on PC, then we don't want you on, on the console. And somehow they think that this is going to win them the hearts and minds of the the players. Honestly, it's like, if if Xbox plays this right, they can retake the market. If mm-hmm. they actually play it right, because oh, yeah. what I'm seeing right now, like Xbox, everything they've shown so far, it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're slowly building up for something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if Sony continues on to this, and Xbox is smart with their future decisions and their games, because obviously games games sell consoles, like. Mm-hmm. You can have the best console in the world, but if it doesn't have any interesting games, or I won't buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. simple. But exclusives, Alan, exclusives are becoming yeah. less of a thing too now, right? Yes, yeah. Most so exclusives of this new generation are almost going to be non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yeah. a few titles that are going to be exclusive on both of the programs. Um, yeah. on both of the consoles, there will always be at least one exclusive. Uh, yes. That's that's almost for sure, um, but the main reason for this is that again, it's just a money factor. It's just a money factor. Sixty mm-hmm. percent of game players play on PCs. Why would you walk away from that slice of the market? Why would you stick with fifteen percent of the market when you're sitting there in in, in competition with somebody who's you know three times, four times your audience? It's like, ah, uh, no. So what we see and what we're going to see, and watch this very carefully, Microsoft has been cozying up with uh, Steam. They've realized that the Steam marketplace is one of the best places for it. I mean, the, the, the head of Microsoft came out with a representative from Steam at a recent convention and said, you know, we've realized the importance of having our games on Steam as well because you, the player need to we need to come to you and make things easy for you you don't need to come to us and make things easy for us typing mm. typing um I, so I yeah I I so <laughs> so the the um the other perspective on this is that or the other side of the coin on this not a perspective um sony has been teaming up has been getting more and more closer with epic because 
they're very chummy with each other out there. Uh, so this is this is really this is really like like queuing up this like ultimate war that's going to happen between like like Sony and their allies and Microsoft and their allies. <laughs> the like this, corporate war. This is oh like right. God. This is going to be the this is going to be the first corporate war. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, everything's becoming cyberpunk. Yes. Um, so again, uh, Alan. Really great question there with that one, and and mm. this is what this is mm-hmm. this is why I love our audience here. It's like you guys are smart, like you guys you guys really get this stuff. They know, um, they know. You you most people you most people don't know this, like d- don't think this deeply. And and already our audience, you guys never let me down. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there's some significant stuff coming out down the road. Mm-hmm. It's 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 going to be an interesting one. Hmm. Corporate war. <laughs> mm-hmm. Corporate war has always been present. It's just uh, the moment they start using weapons, that's gonna be the cyberpunk one. Not like so, not so covert anymore. Everything. Yeah, not so covert because trust me, corporations nowadays. Oh, you would be surprised what they do just to be um, ahead of the competition because that's the market right now. Either you're ahead of the competition or you fail. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, not sadly. I, well, I mean, it depends on on how you know. It depends how on the tactics is, being right? used. Honestly. Uh, yeah, it depends on it depends on the tactics, as you said, and then it also depends on on you know what's coming out of it too, right? Yeah. If you're getting a robber baron setup, not so cool. If you're getting Netflix because Blockbuster closed. That's, I mean, sorry. If you're getting Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Go, because net because Blockbuster, you know, went bankrupt, that's actually a good thing. Like, I mean, think of all the great shows that we've had. Yeah, yeah there's been some sour ones in there, but we've gotten a lot of shows that we wouldn't have gotten on cable TV because of things like Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I, I for one, um, you know, the, and this is this is what this is how. This is why this is a good system, is because when you have crappy companies who make crappy products, they fail and they're replaced with somebody who can do it better. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, yes, it sucks when people lose their jobs, um, but I think it. I, I mean, I think you always that, want the that, most competent people at the very top, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah, and and the minute that we start propping up incompetent people is the minute that we get like some of this crazy stuff. Now, and, and again, in, incompetence can be propped up. Like I said, robber barons can happen and you have to have some protections in the system to prevent, you know, somebody from forming a, a, a ridiculous monopoly and taking um, things to an extreme. Like, wow. you know, and, and we see that the competition that between Epic and Steam this year has actually made Steam better. There's been a lot of things that that have been kind of annoying me for a really long time on Steam, and thankfully now they've improved. So, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting debate, and, uh, and it sorry. is. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry for uh, interrupting you here. There's a, a storm coming. I have to go move the car, otherwise yeah. I'm screwed. So I'll have to. Was <laughs> your car's gonna fly away? Uh, I'm not worried about <laughs> flying away. I'm. It was because there's going to be hail. I can already oh, yeah. it. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you, everyone. Well, 
I have to go, but you're probably gonna stay up for a bit. Well, we've been no, here for no, 98 think, minutes, so I yeah. Think yeah, I think I think we're good. Um, yeah. For those of you listening, if you guys can hit the like button, I, I know I hate asking for it. It always feels awkward and weird. Um, it's us. We have to play the game though, and we actually have to like. We've actually watched the the analytics and the data on this. If we don't say please hit the like button mm-hmm. in the actual video, the video is actually like does less, gets less views, gets less suggestions. Um, and, and again, I hate asking for it. It's really, I don't like it, but we have to play their game for now. Hopefully there's can be some semblance of like logic and, and coherence that comes down the road with this, but you know, yeah. thank it's you for hitting that like button. Yeah, it is. It re- unfortunately it really, really is. Mm-hmm. So it's funny so because any... even dislikes drive, drive the uh, algorithm. Oh yeah. That, that's, no. a, that's a form of engagement. So the people disliking yep. and whatever, they're actually doing you a favor. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. So, um, yeah, I, as far as mad queen, um, yes, I know mad queen. She just talked our ear off today. Uh, we don't, we don't know what happened. Uh, I hope everything's okay with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she, she, I think she was indisposed, uh, and I think that happened just like minutes beforehand. So, um, yeah, we hope everything's okay. Um, and, and as always, like when you, when you guys are listening, likes, comments, and then, and adding comments in the chat, adding comments in the, uh, posts and, and comments after when it's alive, all those things, we super appreciate that. Um, you know, we, we do, I do read, uh, most of them. I do go through the, most of the comments. A lot of the time, I don't always comment on them because I'm like, a little i always feel weird about that but you know your your guys's voices are important to us uh you you really are um because if there's no you there's no us Mm -hmm. so i just know that we do see most things so Mm -hmm. just if if we don't comment back or or anything like that doesn't mean we didn't see what you said yeah so anyways um hope everybody has a great week uh, there's going to be more cyberpunk news coming. Obviously there's going to be some more stuff coming very soon. Uh, we're, we're going to be hitting the, uh, GDC at some point coming up here. Mm-hmm. So that's going to start to add to, um, it's going to add to a lot of stuff in the future. So le- if there's any particular games that you guys are also interested in us chatting about every once in a while, mm-hmm. uh, let us know those too. So please add those to the, to the comments, hop on our discords, add that there too. When is we, GDC? We, Sorry. Um, GDC this year is, uh, it's, it's usually March. It's usually March. It is March 16th okay. to Friday. Um, so it's actually a, a Monday to a Friday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, month and a yeah, half away, GDC, GDC is one of those things where, I mean, I love going to the, G- it's been a few years since I last went. Um, but it is one of my like favorite places to go because you see so many cool concepts and ideas mm-hmm. and you meet so many people who are on the, the, on the cusp of things. There's stuff that I saw, um, years ago at GDC that still haven't made it into main game, uh, today, partially because the tech was just so far out there. So, mm-hmm. and, and one of those things is going to be like, op- really going to factor into open world stuff. And I, again, I keep hearing amazing rumors about the new halo open world thing. It's going to be really interesting to see if Microsoft is, is pulling off some of this new tech, because mm-hmm. that's what I've been hearing is that, Oh, guys there's new tech in here that you have never seen before 
you know, stuff that's truly like, like the rumor is, is that, that the whole ring is traversable and that the whole no ring shit. is traversable in, in real time. So it's like, okay. Like, like if they could pull that off, that's, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Always really interesting, but we're, yeah, we're actually going to cover, uh, we're probably going to have an extra episode during the GDC to talk about some of the, the extra stuff that's involved in that. So kind of pay attention to that. And then I think we're going to be doing another, um, special episode of the community podcast, uh, journey three, and then there's going to be one or two more, um, extra episodes this year. So, uh, as always subscribe to all of our channels, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, we will try and keep everybody like up to date on everything that we're doing and everything that we're covering. So indeed. Yeah. So alrighty. Perfect. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we, we absolutely love you. Uh, stay cool. See you guys.